You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hard Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 280 of East Centralia's favorite podcast. We're a little out of practice here, but I think we got it figured out. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by, uh, I'm going to let him hang, figure all this out. Uh, our executive video audio producer, engineer, Zach Burcham, and my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. What do you have planned for us today? Today features... Sitting City Council President of the beautiful city of Newcastle, Indiana, Mr. Rex Peckinpah. Rex is here to talk about uh, his brand new book that came out. I was scrolling through Facebook a few weeks ago and saw a Facebook post that you were doing a book signing at the press, the new local coffee shop. And I thought, we need to have Rex on to talk about his book. That's our thing. We have authors on here. And then we also have Mr. Jared Bertram, who is a longtime patron of the show. And he is going to be talking about... uh, some good things he's been doing in the city of Indianapolis. And uh, I think at the very end, um, we're going to have an announcement, and Zach is actually going to be giving me advice for once instead of the other way around because uh, he finally knows something that I don't know. So make sure you stick around wow. for the very end. <laughs> That's that, wow. that, felt <laughs> a little, that felt a little patronizing, wow. didn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm uncomfortable. First, he only shows up zero for November. And then he insults you like that. Yeah, this and is here his, and here I thought Rex and I were going to be the ones to fight. Yeah. This is his first like whole show in the studio <laughs> since October. I was yeah. I was in my thirties the last time you sat in this chair for a regular episode. <laughs> That's true. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. Very well, maybe our last one. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Sometimes the hosts will provoke each other. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you will always learn something new. Listen, a 700% increase on downloads for the uh, sheriff's episode with some conflict. So we got to start peppering it in. Start getting Man, Zach I, mad. I think. we did Patreon. I tried to I, <laughs> I tried to get Zach or Zach and Dakota to commit to a starting the war between Newcastle and Spiceland for the clicks. Yeah, well, you know what will happen though. We'll we'll battle on at the white estates in the middle. So what will happen <laughs> is, is that north of Q will stay safe, yeah. Spice will stay safe, but that area south of Q obliterated. Just the Dresden of Henry mm. County. Boy, I, it's I a, hear there's a new swamp in the uh, white estates area. No one knows it's, about it. It's yet. We foreshadowing. Foreshadowing over stray gunfire. Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> we just did 22 minutes uh, in Patreon. You guys get that and the show notes. Uh, dropped in there every week. You just access to a super secret Facebook group. Uh, there are some giveaways for our, uh, for our people over there. Uh, all around, we have a good time. And, uh, if you are a $50 or more a month person to the Patreon, you get yourself recognized at the top of, we say every episode. Turns out nearly every episode because we, we were, one. we were on we foot. One. Every, every in studio. Um, yes. Every in studio yes. episode with the lights and the cameras. And the action, uh, you get recognized at the top of every episode. So we have to say thank you to Christy Avery, 
the uh, the matron of the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast and the entire Wall Network. Uh, your Norwex salesperson to the stars. I think she's got another uh, another pr- promotion going right now. So uh, I'm sure Christy's in the chat. And if you have any exposure to the Boss Hog world, you've seen her. Uh, you've seen her around. Uh, special thanks to her, Anthony Meyer, who's uh, who's out making deliveries, making things happen all over North America, and uh, John Phillips, who uh, who's been supporting the show essentially since we moved into the studio. John's support was one of the reasons we were actually able to make the transition from Dakota's spare bedroom to be to come down here to downtown, uh, and he's been continuously supporting us ever since then. Uh, he's been very interested in local government and the stuff we've talked about, and this week he made the decision that he is going to try to join our friend Rex on the Newcastle City Council. That's right. So well, I hope I hope it would be join and not him be on. I mean, we're not running in the same thing, but right. you know, it would be he'd be a nice person to work with if he were to. He would be a nice addition. Yeah, he's a good man. Right. Good is that an endorsement? Are you? Well, are no, you, no. Are I'm, you endorsing I, people in the Republican no, I'm primary? A, I'm a Democrat, and I <laughs> will stick with Democrats mostly, but in city government, not maybe in some facets of government. But um, but he's a good person, and I think sometimes we lose track of that at the county and city level of good people with good ideas because they're a you know a red or a blue or whatever or an L. We need the we need the entire alphabet in the conversation to, uh, to 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 do good things for the community. Everybody deserves a seat at the table. I don't uh, even uh, live in Newcastle, but I was excited to see that John was thrown his hat in the ring. That would be a, make a good addition for sure. All right, so we say thank you very much to those folks, uh, Dakota. You have an announcement for some of that merchandise. That's right. We had uh, Patreon members. We also ran a special for Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. You know, we we took advantage of all three. And we gave people the opportunity to sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty those, uh, through those four days, I guess. And, um, said that if you sign up, then you'll get a free t-shirt. And all of our Patreon members are also getting a free t-shirt for Christmas because we are working on some new merchandise. It's going to be made in house. You're not going to have to go through T-Chip, a third party now. And, uh, hopefully we can make things higher quality and at least stay the same price, you know, but, can be better quality and we're not going to be losing that money to the middleman. And, uh, so you guys are going to be getting your shirts here soon. My wife is making them. She just pressed them today. They're all made. They're sitting in my house and, uh, we just got to ship them off now. So that'll be coming soon. And then could have, could have brought Jared his tonight, but no, now you got to put, drop it in the mail, dropping it in the mail, dude. We already got it all set up <laughs> or, or save the postage and give it to Zach. That's true. I could do that. Look at me helping out. That way, okay. that way you can burden Zach with something else. He's unpaid. He's the Wouldn't most. It be more, he's the be most more unpaid. Fun to get it in the mail? I'm, I'm going to make Zach deliver that in his new bus. I'm still cold from last week. Just walking around my little yeah. backpack holding. Well, a these are t-shirts, recorder. so they're not going to do much to keep you warm. Yeah. But you guys got a preview of them last week, um, so just wanted to to share another thing that we do sometimes for our Patreon members. And uh, if you ha- haven't joined, then you need to. I, I got a number of feedback comments that people did enjoy the uh, the the walkabout we did uh, for the yeah, for the city I, yeah. the 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 Christmas walk. Uh, I thought it went well. I was very I wasn't nervous, but I didn't know I I didn't know if I was going to run into Rex on the streets or not and have somebody to talk to. I think we got to talk to the mayor, the 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 new mayor candidate in Clay, and about half of the city council was out there. 
Uh, and and they were all running. Everybody was running for election, Rex. So they're very happy to talk to us in an election year. I was on that beach down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. It was. I hope you enjoyed the weather because it was. It's that's a great event. We talk, but it's always just a, a little cold because it's December. I mean, Barry Bob was in good spirits. It was a good time. Dakota, it was time. the only real trouble was that Dakota's teeth were chattering throughout half the recording. Yeah, I was sorry I missed it because I do like that activity. I've been to most of them over the years. It was, it's, it's a lot it's, of fun. It's grown so much. It the was, best one may have been when I got my picture taken in the sleigh with Marm around Aaron Dickin. <laughs> well, that was, that was one of the best. You know, you know, honestly has made it a lot better is the new street lamps downtown mm-hmm. because the first year they did it, it was so dark in the middle of the streets. It was like, this is not, this is not great how dark this is. But those street lamps really help with that because they're lower and they, they actually, they're pedestrian friendly as opposed to just kind of keeping the streets lit. So yeah, it was, it didn't feel like a dark kind of cryptic place to be. It was like the lights everywhere and it was kind of opened up with everything. So it was good. That was a, it was a great town festival. I'm, I'm glad to be in a heated, uh, a heated studio tonight, but it was, uh, it was very nice. The, the one complaint that you heard from us over and over and over again was that we couldn't even get to our own studio to park. It was that. It was the that parking busy. is for, for a town that has a bunch of people that complained about the addition of some parking. Um, although none of the, a lot of that parking wasn't accessible for this event. Um, yeah, we need more parking. It was like, yeah, there was a traffic jam to get in downtown. We need roundabouts and parking garages, well, Rex. And my, in the next uh, term. my in-laws turned around and went home because they got up there on somewhere on Indiana and it was backed up and, they just took a, a right coming up in the end instead of a left. Our, our studio but, mate left here and it took him 15 minutes to drive home, which is uh, essentially at Maine and Bundy. It took him 15 minutes to get down there. And then he came back and he just walked back. He's like, I don't no know way. if it makes any sense, but I plan to at least suggest that we use some city buses and do some kind of shuttle from maybe Rule King or yeah. Kroger, some, you know, some, some offsite parking. Yeah. Where maybe you get some people up here a little easier. Find some, find some churches that maybe yeah, say, hey, you can, you can really park out there and then, and then shuttle some people in and out. Well, and that's it for here at the studio. I think we know somebody that I'm sure has a couple of orange cones on their work truck that they could borrow for an evening. That's maybe mark a, off the spots a, a little bit. A early. good idea. I, I, I really at least at least for content, so you guys can get in here and do some work, so that we can be upset when the cones I have been moved have, and we don't have yeah. parking. I also <laughs> have no parking signs. I'm. <laughs> What was I? Why didn't I do that? Well, now we know for next year. For next year. Could have got wrapped up in a crime scene because the Grinch was arrested just outside the studio doors. That's true. According to the picture I saw. So Christy Avery uh, is is watching the chat and she said, parking garage. I need a full time job. Hook me up. She is a parking garage operator in in beautiful, luxurious Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we could, I mean, she could be employee number one. There's an area. There's a perfect spot. We get a municipal parking garage right here. Right outside the studio. (laughs) Just a... It, it only cost about as much as it did to build a, a new detention center. All right, all right, Rex. Let's let's talk about two items here. You brought you brought your book. You you've not told us that you're a you're a poet a poet, so to speak. I don't think this came up in your previous interview. Well, I don't necessarily haven't really put it out there that I'm a poet. But every year at Christmas, I'll I used to send them out in a Christmas card. Now I just post them on Facebook. Um, so I've written them since about 1982 or 83. Um, I have poems for Easter that I'll post. I had a June 13th poem and a bicentennial poem. And I don't know. I've just posted them for years. I've just never made a big deal about, Hey, look at me. I write these poems because I really don't know if they're all that great. You know, some people tell me some people like them, but, um, you know, 
So, so you said this is the year I'm going to compile them. Now, guys that are running for president or governor, they come up with it. This is the this is what they do: is they have the big book launch to get themselves on the talk shows. Yeah, I should have something like uh, Rex Peckinpah's Guide to Government, or I don't know some flashy title like that. But what really happened is my grandson um, will get together, of course, and I'll be telling him stories, and I may have to write another book with stories in it. But he would say. Well, Grandpa, you know, you need to write some of this down. And I would say, well, why don't you just interview me and write it down? You know, and I, and then I tried to get him to write a book about older people. I said, you could interview people in nursing homes. I said, it's, I've got a perfect title for you. Old people. And then they are dying. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would be catchy. I think people would, would I, honestly, buy it. our syndicator, when he hears this, Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians podcast network, He's, if you write anything about the boomers going in boxes and, and being and, and and them dying off, I think he would he would probably be more than happy to help go, ghostwrite that. So I did start writing some of my kind of my life story or my stories, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got. I mean, I got to where I had fifty thousand words, which I think is about two hundred and some pages, and and I'm like freshman year in college, you know, and and I'm thinking this is like this is crazy. This is going to take a long time, so. You know, I thought, I've got all these poems, and one of these days I'm going to keel over. All these things are going to be lost somewhere in the, the cyber world because my wife's not going to know how to get into my computer. You know, it's going, you know, and so anyway, I thought, well, I'm just going to get these out. And I thought, I think I'll take the Christmas poems and put them in a book together. And that was the start. And then I started looking at it, and I thought, well, why don't I put a bunch more in there? So I probably put half of the poems that I have in this book. So what kind of style are they? Are they, what, what would, how would you describe them in an elevator speech about what kind of poems are they? Well, I'm a country they, boy rhymer. Probably is what it is. I all right. pretty much 90% of them rhyme. And, um, I never got to that haiku. I, I don't think I was ever intelligent enough to get to the haiku level or, you know, some of those things, maybe, maybe I, you know, but I always like to rhyme. I've always been able to think in rhyme. I mean, I wish I had a, sometimes I wish I had a, uh, some kind of chip in my brain that recorded what I was thinking. Now it's, that's not good for everything, but, uh, as far as poems, there's, I've lost a lot of good poems that I was out walking and went through all this because I kind of sometimes can think in rhyme pretty easily. Uh, have you always just, you've, You've always just been interested in writing poems. Like, well, when I was when in tenth start, when I was in tenth grade, I was sitting in study hall in probably room B. I think it was room B two fourteen. Uh, it was up there on the third floor, and my friend comes in, Tom McMullen, and he's he's all worked up. He says, "I've got to have a poem ready for next period. I don't I don't know anything about writing poetry," and so I'm giving him a hard time. You can write a poem. Anybody can write a poem, and he says, "We'll write one." Okay, so I wrote a poem for him. It's the first one in the book. And he took it and he got an A on it, you know, so it must have been okay. And then after that, I just kind of, I don't know, it like clicked something in me and I would write a poem from time to time. Now, would you, 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 your, your day job, you were a teacher. Right. Did you ever share your poetry with the students? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, every time I did, now I, I can say all this now because they can't do anything to me. But every time I wrote a poem, most of my poems, uh, especially the Christmas poems, ended up with Jesus and ended up with, uh, you know, the Lord and everything. And and so I would, uh, I never just said, hey, listen to this poem. 
because I didn't feel like I needed to shove it down anybody's throat. But I would say, hey, I wrote this Christmas poem. Here's a stack of them. If anybody wants one, take one. And anyway, kids would, a lot of them took them. And sometimes a kid would come back the next day and say, hey, my mom wants one of those to give to my, you know, and so I, here, you know. And, and so uh, we did that. And then every once in a while I would, I would do rhymes in class, you know, I'd just make something up as I went. I like to sing songs to my class. I was kind of a craziness guy. Did you ever have either of the Bertram twins in class? I have you guys in class. No. I was just thinking that. I don't think so. Yeah, Mr. Hunt. That's why you guys turned out okay. I was on the other side of the I don't know. But we were in the middle school back in the time. I'm I'm guessing it's the same way in there, where you kind of had all the teachers because you could hear all the teachers because we had cardboard walls. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know who sold them on the cloth. Yeah, card. Were they modern fold walls? Modern yeah. Fold walls. Yeah. yeah. So, so they were at the, the hometown. Like, you had to if they weren't going to go in that school. Well, what school were they going like, to go? I, in? I, I, my first year of teaching, I'm I'm in my room, and teaching right behind me is a man named Calvin Buzz Duff. He was my fo- football coach and assistant wrestling coach when I was in school. Legend. And I'm standing there, and I'm trying, and we were teaching the same thing. I mean, we taught off an overhead, and we had things we're supposed to do. He's back there, and he just had this booming voice. My voice, unless you get me ticked off, I'm gonna, I'm not super loud. And so anyway, he's going, and the kids are trying to pay attention. And finally, I said, "Hey, listen, just listen to him. He's talking about the same thing." And I said, "Sit <laughs> down in my chair." <laughs> and it, it worked pretty good. <laughs> we, I think Zach and I would both confirm that that is probably very true. Yeah, although when I when by the time I came around, Buzz was a science teacher. Yeah, he had moved to science, and they. Yeah. We had slowly went. We started out. We had about five or six health teachers, and we lost some people when Chrysler went out and everything. And uh, we got down to where we had three. We had Lynn Blevins and myself and, and Gary Hunt. And now Gary, a great guy, but Gary ran about five businesses out of his classroom. <laughs> I mean, and uh, but we had a lot of fun, and uh, and I think the kids had fun, and I think they probably learned a little bit. So. Now, not only did you, you're a poet, you're the city councilman, you also have had some time as, as the wrestling coach. Tell us a little bit, for the folks that don't know your full bio, uh, you, you pretty remarkable career at, at leading Newcastle Wrestling. Well, I did spend some time as wrestling coach, 40, 42 years. But, uh, yeah, we were very successful. And when I say it, I, you know, we uh, won a 1,000 matches before my career was over, but um, it's really, and I just actually signed a book for a young man named Matt Fitzgerald and, uh, Ted Fitzgerald was his dad, longtime principal here. And, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, I couldn't have been nearly as successful as I was without your dad, without all the kids we had and all the parents we had help. So, I mean, yeah, you know, we had a great run. We won 19 or 20 conference championships and were uh, state runner ups twice. I couldn't get past the parochial school. But anyway, that's just the way it goes. They're they're good folks. Mike Gable's the coach there. He just won a football state championship last week. But uh, but it was a good career, and the best thing about it was the the people that I knew and got to meet and everything. Everything everything turns into a community, right? Yeah. If you if you're successful, it should. There you go. So tell us if you want to share a uh, share share a poem or so, uh, and then we we'll have you just break in throughout. When it gets too tense, we'll have you break in with another poem as we go out through the uh, through the show. Well, this was one I wrote basically last Christmas. It says, my hope for Christmas, my earnest desire for that wonderful day is that no one go hungry 
That is what I pray. So many people with empty bellies, so many souls with broken hearts. I pray people are compelled to help, stir deeply in their innermost parts, stir deeply to give, to visit, to volunteer, stir not to see others as us and them, not to see others as just those people moving to bring light where it may be so dim. I pray everyone has that has what they need and that those who have so much will reach out and help folks who have so little, giving hope, help, and a loving touch. The greatest joy I have is in giving. I pray that never ever slips my mind. If my faculties all desert me, I pray that as one glimmer of light I find. As Christmas comes and Christmas goes, as we gather with family and friends, help us to have a generous heart, a heart with love for others that never ends. Beautiful. So they, they're almost written in your voice. It, it, well, you know. Or in a voice, well, in a first-person voice. It, it, I used to write, and I've still got a lot of them. Um, I used to write a lot of letters to, to the FCA kids and different things. And almost every time I write something, um, I once heard that Paul, the apostle, now not comparing myself to Paul, the apostle, but I once heard he wrote like he talked. And I think that's kind of how I write. And that, and when I when I'm doing one, most of the time I'll say it out loud. As I, you know, I get a couple stanzas and I'll say it out loud, and, and I hear it, and it causes me to think of more stuff. That's awesome. All right. Well, as we always do on this show, we have a graceful transition to the other side of the room, and uh, we're going to ask Jared Bertram to share some of his poetry that he's brought with us today. I don't know. I definitely don't know if I would call it poetry. Oh, uh, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, I can yeah, come up with something about diesel trucks and race cars. So, so what the story you came here to tell us is that you have you're a Henry County kid, uh, a womb mate, so to speak, of uh producer Zach, perpetual run route too. <laughs> and you have because I kicked uh, you out. And you have moved away. Yes. To the big city. You live inside the Beltway. Yep. In Indianapolis, in the 317, to chase a career of electricity and motorcycles. Yep. And because we don't have access to that here, apparently. Uh, and you met a girl. But this, is, this is what happens. So you have run into some issues with the neighborhood where it's not quite as quiet and pristine and lovely as, as living on the south side of Newcastle, where Rex runs things. So tell us, tell us what it's been like in your, in, in your neighborhood. In the uh, in the near north side, do you call it the north side, near north side? What do you people, uh, what do you three one seven people say? Well, yeah. So learning as I've learned from watching the local news, the near north side is considered like Sixteenth Street. So considering I'm at eighty seventh, I would say confidently north side, not in Carmel. Do they call it Nora? Is that the is it so? Yeah. So my my neighborhood is actually Nora. We're in the, like eighty six Meridian area. Now, did, is Nora like the old lady that lived in town, and they just named it after her? Yeah, what I, the hell is I Nora? And, I, and you know, and I went to a Nora Community Council meeting for the first time last week, and I should have asked that. And considering the lady running the meeting, she probably knew Nora because she was, <laughs> I'm sure, about as old as the city. Um, <laughs> and I'm and I'm purposely picking on her because she was rude. She's probably not listening to a podcast. She's uh, not she cool doesn't know what a she doesn't know what a podcast. He's going to send her the link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, with, gonna, with a letter. Rest. He's going to have. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to record this to a cassette tape and give it to yes. her and say, "Put this in your Buick, ma'am." Yeah. All right. So, so you, tell me about the the realities of living in in the urban uh, in the in the city. So, 
and you know, uh, Ashley and I lived in the Broad Ripple area. And when the housing market started to turn, we realized we found ourselves in a good spot. We needed more room and we were able to sell our house and move north, which getting out of the Broad Ripple area was nice. You know, we're building a, you're, you're no uh, longer family. Co- college not, aged. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to the bars in Broad Ripple. There's great restaurants around, which is like we, why we like the area. So we moved north of there and we're on a dead end street. I've got trees on two sides. I've got uh, almost an acre lot. And which is like, you know, and I'm, I'm very close to the interstate, which for, I'm in a job like Dakota that I drive a lot. So being close, close to the interstate is a, is a huge advantage. And my wife actually works, uh, driving a lot. So being close to the interstate is nice, but we're on a quiet street. We have great neighbors. We, you know, we actually have cookouts and stuff with our neighbors. We're on the dead end and it, it was very quiet for a long time. And we had an incident this last year where unfortunately to the North of us, our property line split by a, a, a city owned um, you call it an easement or a easement pathway. or yeah, it's a, it's, it's water drainage. There's apartments there, which part of the reason I thought this would be interesting for this show is it's another failure of local government. Look, and look right in the eye attention. when you say it. Yeah. Rex, you <laughs> came to Indy and you did this to us. Well, local government does fail. I mean, I, you know, I have to admit that. I mean, we try our best, but sometimes it doesn't work. Now there may be places where they're not trying their yeah, well, and I think this is, and I think what what has rubbed me the wrong way through this experience is watching the mayor go on TV because this is the the. So I have apartments just north of me that have been a problem for a long time. I actually have paperwork from when my neighborhood was started when they they actually in the '60s had to ask permission to build the apartments, and when they did it, they part of what they did was they said, "Hey, you got to maintain a wood line so we don't have to see the apartments all the time." I found out the person that lived in my house when they built them actually was allowed to pick what brand of street light and style they put in the parking lot in the apartments. They had that kind of control. Well, those apartments have changed hands numerous times and they were owned by, and if you could check, you can look up local news listings and hear about them by a so-called Christian nonprofit organization out of New Jersey, which I'm pretty sure if they find a picture of the office, it's a shed in some creepy guy's backyard. (laughs) They owned, (laughs) <laughs> Nine some similar apartments around Indianapolis. You know, they bought older apartment buildings and they weren't maintaining them. They made the news because they were over a million dollars behind on the water bill, which then finally, you know, the city started to pay attention. The city had what had you, you got in their pocket. That's, yes, like Jeremiah exactly. That's like Jeremiah Films pull up, man. In yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. So they, but they, you know, when they go to investigate, you know, when, when, the city gets upset. Then local news finally pays attention. They find that there are people living with holes in their roofs, standing water on their floors, no heat, no water. And this place has been collecting Section 8 housing money for these people for years. And then the mayor, when they finally, the company did such a bad job, they finally got caught. They were forced to sell the property. And they found out that they owned nine other properties around Indianapolis. And the mayor has the nerve to get on TV and go, look at this. Look, I saved us. Well, guess what? You signed off for how long? And you ignored 900 complaints of, of the conditions these people were living in. And part of that, unfortunately, comes with a not great crowd. And uh, I'm in an odd position where the one side of my property meets the apartments. The back side of my property is actually a lot, a lot more wood line than what you would think to be in the middle of Indianapolis. And it butts up to a storage facility and then a a target complex. Have you thought about putting a deer stand up? Oh, I mean, I have a trail cam now. I don't even hunt and I have a trail cam. Now <laughs> all this, so that's the next step. Although I could just sit on my roof, you know, with a, with a scope and figure things out. <clears throat> but, uh, unfortunately, and we when we knew there were some headaches are where our street dead ends, the fence between the, 
apartments in our street had been knocked down and people would use it as a shortcut. You know, they didn't have cars. They were trying to go get groceries or hopefully go to a job or, you know, just some people not doing what they should be doing in the middle of the day. And it makes, obviously, you know, my wife's home quite a bit. We have a uh, one and a half year old. It makes her uncomfortable to see random people walking through our yard. Understandable. And I'm gone a lot for work. So the new, when they were forced to sell though, the new management put up a fence and I found out very quickly through talking to them, they were very unaware of the con- issues they were actually going to be having at this place. What so they people, signed up for when they bought the place. Yes. And they, and they fixed the fence, which was great. So they cut that part out. But unbeknownst to me, the wood line is actually thick enough behind my house that there is a well-worn path, uh, visible from Google Maps. It's that well-worn that people used to cut through to the target parking lot, which is fine. Except for then, of course, there's always that guy that ruins it. And one day in the middle of the day, somebody fired a gun. It went through the back of my house and nearly missed my wife and my one-year-old. Nearly missed? So they were struck. Within feet. Or, no, they yeah, <laughs> nearly hit. Sorry. Nearly hit. It went, th- you know, she happened to be cleaning. And I was actually in the front yard mowing. I should have been in the backyard mowing. So, you know, very easily could have taken me out, too. And it's I'm sure it's just some kid who's got parents that aren't very nice and who's doing the wrong thing. And at 3 in the afternoon is... And and what's interesting? So it's is, not like you just randomly came home and found this. It was oh no, like I was. You, you all were aware. We, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ashley heard a loud noise and then realized dust was in her face and then saw the hole in the wall and, and mm-hmm. realized what had happened and came running out the front door screaming to me, you know. And of course, I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to clean the yard up on a Friday. Um. So. Due to that, well, and from where the person shot, of course, we call 911. A lot of places come out. They're very aware of the uh, issue at the apartments. The local, and we we have one nice thing about how IMPD does do it. We have local officers, local to our neighborhood, who are ve- extremely aware. We weren't that aware of the issues going on there until this incident. And, of course, then, now my eyes are open. Now I'm extremely aware of it. Uh, they, From where the person shot, they didn't even know there was a house there. They shot from a lowered position, lots of trees. And I have a privacy fence. You can see where it came through the privacy fence about a foot off the ground. So it's not that someone was maliciously, you know, trying to shoot at us, but dumb people are dumb people. And the fact is, that's not okay. You know, I'm not, you know. So I actually was able, the first person to call me back was my mayor's advocate, Jeff Vaughn. And I will gladly give his name out because I'm not real impressed with him since this fact. He was actually the first (laughs) to respond. And uh, he just immediately blamed it on the apartments, which for... 15 years was a valid, probably a valid argument. Uh, I asked him about property lines and who owned what, because every time I've ever had to call the police about maybe somebody back there, I didn't know I owned it. I found out this week, actually, that I own a lot more of that than I thought. So there'll be landmines and razor wire, <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of fun stuff now. Um, but he just basically pointed the finger at the apartment management and said, you'll, you'll never get a hold of them, though. Don't even bother trying. Just deal with it. And I was able to get a hold of apartment management. I actually have the gentleman's phone number. We've talked on weekends. We actually just check in with each other. He's been extremely helpful. And the apartments have actually gone above and beyond to put in a fix that has stopped the foot traffic through their fence. Now, the other end of the issue is the trail kind of pops out by the by a post office. And it's that property is extremely unmanaged, and it's owned by Kite Properties. I haven't got a hold of them yet, but it used to be owned by Target Properties. And actually, Target has been extremely responsive. And I kind of backed off for a bit because the foot. I figured, well, the trails stopped, hopefully. But I found out through a trail cam that a lot of the people hanging out back there are actually coming from the post office side, which you would think a post office should be 
you know, kind of setting the bar for how got, management should be. Got know, people, property management. Got people down there just waiting on their checks to roll in. Who hangs out at a post office? Well, so recently, well, in the wood line behind it, recently there was two two homeless people that one of the you I have people experiencing homelessness. I, I believe is that, that is that what they prefer to be referred maybe, to. Maybe now? they're just campers. Have you did oh, you check? I mean, well, then the one guy is a more of a Ron Swanson camper. He made his own t- <laughs> out of canvas <laughs> and out of a wood urban, pallet. It I sounds think. like sounds like urban camping. Yeah, it's very possible. And actually, I've I my name was actually given. So over the last few months, I've done a lot of work to try to work with the apartment self fix this. And so have my neighbors. My neighbor and I actually went and we patched the hole in the fence ourselves one day. How long ago was the 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 gunshot incident that triggered all of this? Uh, you know, and I. It's been three or four months now. Or, so yeah. summer, summer. It was time. yeah, it was summertime. It was warm out. Yeah. So I was out I was out during yard work and we were all home, you know, for the day. Um but in and it's it's been frustrating. Like and then we would hear gunshots close by. But the nice thing is the apartment management have they're going through and renovating all the apartments because they're all absolutely terrible. And they're actually going through the process. They're no longer doing section eight housing and they're actually making everybody reapply to be a tenant which means that they're actually checking to see if you have a bad criminal record, if you're a violent offender or anything like that. So they've already made big progress. So you're single-handedly creating a homeless problem in Indianapolis. Jim. Bring it on. <laughs> if you know what, you're going to mess around my, my house, bring it on. I don't know what to tell you. And my name was given to our neighborhood. We have an IMPD uh, uh, representative. I can't remember what her title is now, but she's like our officer that's in charge of, you know, relations with people that live in the neighborhood like myself. Somebody gave her, her my name and she contacted me and told me to go to our neighborhood our Nora Community Council which is not actually like it's not an, an, they're not elected officials like Rex here they I didn't get to pick these people nobody told me who they were and they're and up to this point I've had a lot of good luck Target's been great Target actually calls me and checks in they actually volunteered. They sold. Did you tell them you were a big Juan Montoya and Scott Dixon fan back in the day? Like, I, how do you how do you butter up Target? Well, I told them my wife shops there oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> and if you guys want to see a drastic loss in your sales, you you keep picking on me, and I will I will ban my the wife. Bertram from the family will have economic sanctions against yes. Target that they could not survive. If and they don't pay and little do they know, she would not listen to me. She would continue to go. But the threat <laughs> sounded really good at the time. So she would listen to you. Less than Target would listen to you. Basically, everybody so. would ignore me, but I'd yeah. be over here screaming and yelling, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that that always works. But uh, but Target's been actually very very responsive, and they they had so they used to own the post office, they don't now, so they had sold it to Kite Properties, and they Target has actually gone above and beyond, and they there was a street light out in the back of the property. They don't do any vegetation management; it looks terrible. It just looks bad. It's full of trash. There's all sorts of carts thrown in the tra- you know in the ditch there it just looks bad but target's gone out of their way to clean up a lot of it and they're actually paying to fix the street light which actually had a wiring problem not just a lamp out so target's been great kite i'm working on but the our our local community resource officer that's her title she asked me to go to this nora community council meeting which is down the street from my house at our local public library so i gladly go i am completely bum rushed by a bunch of people who are more concerned about if impd is pulling people over for not wearing their seatbelt. And when I get up, and all I'm told by our, the police officer is, hey, you know, maybe if you tell why. She said she's been advocating for my neighborhood, my street, to have that area cleaned up and a fence put up, preferably, so that there's no reason for There's no reason for anybody to be back there. It's a utility easement, but the access to the utility easement for the utility is actually in a different spot. So there's no reason for anybody to walk through there, period. And it's a liability, and it's full of trash. So evidently they told her, well, we have a document from 30 years ago that says you can't cut the trees down. And she said, well, we're not trying to cut the trees down. 
and they don't get it. And I get why they don't get it. Ruth, who runs this community council, is 184 years old. And her response to me was, one, figure out where your property line is, which I did, Ruth. Doesn't help me. Because the fact is, it's you, know, you can access my property from the post office. Me stopping, you know, once you get to my property line, you can already do the damage. What I need is for you to quit allowing people to pass through an area that doesn't need to be a path. They didn't get it. Three people actually, thankfully, were actually aware of the issue. Two, two, there's 15 people on the board, I think. And two ladies were sympathetic and actually gave me advice. And then one other guy actually gave me a few people to email. He also included, and they were both city council members, and he said, you won't get a response, but you should send it so you have copies that you sent it. So I will say, I, you know, I, I pay more attention to Henry County politics because you know, I know the names, I know the people, I grew up here. And it tells me, um, my, and my, kind of the final lesson I want from this is you need to pay attention to who you elect locally. And I'm guilty of not paying attention to who I have locally in my area. I pay more attention to what goes on here because you know, I'm familiar with it. But now I'm stuck with representatives that do not care, are not responsive, and are known for not being responsive. Pay attention to who you elect locally because the only people that have helped me so far is IMPD. They have been great. And the local you know, uh, private it's citizens. The local stakeholders that own the property. Or absolutely. I've gotten zero, absolutely zero help from... And I found out, so and in that meeting where I spent 15 minutes trying not to throw heavy objects at these people staring at me talking about seatbelts, why my house is getting shot at, um, a guy... Maybe it's for your safety. Yeah, the seat, <laughs> yeah definitely the seatbelt, because that'll slow me down from yeah, getting Yeah, it's hard for him to turn and get the gun out the window. Yeah, exactly, I guess, exactly. So there was actually a random guy sitting in the... I say the crowd. There was four of us. You guys don't have anybody practicing archery across city streets, though, do you? No. Now, that's been a thing here, hasn't it? <laughs> you muted yourself over there. I muted myself because I was testing something. Um, yeah, that happened here, and that got dealt with very quickly. But it's amazing how you talk about one bad person that ruins it for everybody. If I went and showed you where this guy was doing archery in his backyard across the neighbor's driveway. I was going to say, wasn't he shooting through someone else's property? Across their driveway. Across an 80-year-old woman's and octogenarian's driveway. I mean, who who uses their driveway? I don't see the issue. <laughs> no, nobody's standing what? in their driveway. Can't and she was very thin. Yeah, she was very she thin. Was hard so, to hit. I mean, I'll, you know. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I will show it to you one time. The most hilarious thing about that particular situation was that this man would have talked to two neighbors and turned 90 degrees. The area that he was shooting was actually the perfect area because the yards, it was like four properties, and each one was stepped up from the next one. Oh, so it's so, got a natural backdrop. So his... Yeah, so his his neighbors, if you said, Hey, do you mind if I do this, whatever he had, a his neighbor, four houses down, their yard was 12 feet higher than his yard. So he had an earthen back thing that he could have shot into. No neighbor's driveway. You well, see? I like to watch the cars go by too. When I shoot that got dealt with so maybe, fast. That was, that was, it. that was local government being very responsive. Well, exactly. Well, and I'd say people in an area like this tend to pay more attention because you might actually know the names. And this is part of the issue. And we've been in our neighborhood for three years. We know our neighbors. And this is part of what has bothered me is we love our house. We love our street. We love our neighbors. The schools are supposed to be really, you know, really good nearby. And I'm not getting ran out by some hoodlums, you know, but as you know, my wife is nervous at times and has every single right to be. And I work a lot. I'm gone, you know, I've gone quite a bit. I work long days and it never fails. The stuff happens when I'm on an overnight, you know, and I'm not able to go home or I've gotten the call when I'm two hours from the house and, you know, you want to be there immediately. 
But yeah, the only way to sum it up, it's gotten a lot better and we're working on getting it better. But every single local government official's name I've been given or that I've talked to has proven to be completely inept. And they're known for only coming out of their holes because I'm sure that's where these people live before elections. <laughs> so are you... I'm jaded because we've done this podcast for five years, so there's hardly an elected official that I'm not on a first-name basis with now. But it sounds like you're getting email addresses. For, you live in a community with a million people, not 20,000 or 50,000 people like we do here. Are you getting email addresses for elected officials and not phone numbers, not the ability to – you don't run into them at that, at that target? The, no. These, uh, or yeah, so not even be able to pick them out of a crowd yet. You don't have a oh, Christmas walk not. you can go to and run into half the municipal government <laughs> in a matter of about four minutes. You know, and I'll tell you what, the target, you know, the target's busy enough. I don't want to go in there. And I would probably have my head down trying to run out with whatever milk or something I was in a, you know, in a rush to buy. I would, yeah, I would be extremely hard pressed to run into anybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that city government has been able to fix my moat in the front yard that city government caused. But at least everybody's aware of the problem. And you're actually able to talk to, I mean, you went on a walkabout, and the, um, if the mayor had seen you a little bit earlier, he might have made a run for it. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, no, I'll tell you what, though. He walked into Republican headquarters, and his mailbox was the topic of like, just... Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I had a follow-up conversation on that, because I think they were trying to make sure that I wanted to talk about it with oh, the story yeah. I got oh. later. Not that they were trying to not talk about the uh, yeah, issue. They, they were just, just trying to make sure that they weren't going to... They weren't going to ask me a question that I didn't were, want to speak. Were there about. any elected officials at the Nora Community Council meeting? Well, no, and that's well, yeah, and and it I, seems like you're in a different structure of government than we have no, here. So like, the yeah, well, and this and this has been a, a learning experience. So the Nora Community Council was just started by Ruth, 184 <laughs> years ago. Ruth maybe, still runs it. Ruth, and maybe Nora. you should start. The new Nora Community Council. Funny you say that. So the random guy in the crowd, we stood up. I was the last one to talk, and I finally was just so frustrated, I had to just cut this, it off. This is they, just, they, us, they were this not is how the Second Baptist Church comes along. I mean, oh my gosh, like, they, yeah, they they just weren't getting it. Seatbelts or whatever is not even a remote. Like that's not a concern. Well, Except maybe and the, well, a concern and, because your wife's driving around her six thousand pound truck rolling coal, and they're afraid for their lives. But that's not a local. Well, and it was also just tra- they just they so the MPD officer did a report of like crime and things have actually looked a lot better in our area like, and for the whole North District, not just the Nora area. The North District covers a lot of areas, Meridian Hills and some other ones. And one lady angrily asked her about, well, are you going to make traffic stops? Do you guys make traffic? I see these people running red lights and she's like, well, the was the police officer were their lights already on? It's like, yeah, but why aren't they stopping the race? Like, well, you know, they're probably responding to, I don't know, an emergency somewhere. And I don't know, that's not a part, but that was the kind of thing they were concerned about because they're, most of them look retired. The ones that were complaining look retired. They don't have anything else to do but complain. I, they're obviously not happy with their retirement lives. Look, Rex is smiling all the time. He looks happy over there. He's not complaining about traffic stops, guys, because he, he planned his as life. As long better. as they're not stopping me. Exactly, exactly <laughs> right? You're, you're, not yelling at, you're not yelling at Newcastle PD to stop more people. I, I well, you know, I think really, probably if, if we really checked with our chief and with our police department, they probably have gotten word that they, in December with Christmas coming up, they might want to be a little more lenient, you know, than they might otherwise be. I think that's a way with a lot of us. But spread a little more cheer, yeah. less fines. Mm-hmm. I think the only responsible thing for you to do, Jared, is to finish cleaning up your neighborhood and move back home where you can have some, some influence in your local government instead of just pure disappointment. 
I mean, Ashley keeps showing me houses out in the county somewhere with a nice. She tries to lure me in with a big garage and a barn big enough to hold a camper, maybe. Uh, if you if a bar, you need a barn dominium, if the local I mean, what if is the, the local uh, realtors are listening or developers, I, I Jared and I would both easily be. What if, if somebody built some barn dominiums that had camper storage and room for a boat or two and about two or three vehicles, and and still had a decent price point and somewhere to somewhere to live, I would I could be tempted. I really could. What is the allure for you with a family now to live in Indianapolis? Well, I'm, access to babysitters. Well, yeah, and saying that, and that is one thing. Like a- Ashley's parents help us out a lot. Like a- Ashley's really able to. Um, it, we, we jokingly call their house the the, the daycare because Ashley, we have a niece who is a, a year older than Lincoln, and they go to they both go to uh, her her parents' house. Well, Lincoln goes like three days a week, four days a week, depending on the schedule. And he, her dad's even nice enough. He, you know, he drives twenty some minutes or thirty minutes to come pick Lincoln up in the morning, so Ashley can get her day started. She already drives a lot, and she, and with her job, she kind of controls where she goes a little bit, and she just ends her day by their house. And then they, you know, he gets to spend the day with his grandparents and his cousin. So, and unfortunately, we're in the middle. They live on the west side of Indy, and my family's on the east side of Indy. So, what, so you're gonna have to do what I did and move your in laws here. You, it's not if, impossible. If you, if you saw their house and, and just knew how settled they were, that is a hard sell. That you is a show, hard you sell. Should, you should show them that don't, there's at least one new house on the market on Main Street. Don't show them that house. That's not a good representation of the housing market here. But show them, you, yeah, you know the house I'm talking about. Um, show, show, show them what the housing market in Newcastle looks like. They could probably sell their house on the west side. They could have gotten the Shapiro place a couple of years ago before it got flipped over for for. Two hundred thousand extra dollars. Well, and an issue and live like is, Pablo Escobar. Is too, then we'd have to talk Ashley's two sisters into moving in this direction because Ashley and I are the farthest from her from her parents. Let's so, go out there and build a compound. So here is yeah. here yeah. is the the way we are supposed to do transitions on this show. Newcastle and Henry County are getting new homes. You're supposed to do transitions by not mentioning your transitioning. I, that's not the joke. I, you missed all of November. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I know you're out of practice. Well, and I will say the the random guy, <laughs> to fit the, the random guy in the crowd stopped me on my way out the door and said, "Hey, I'm not in this neighborhood. I live in Meridian Hills. I'm on their community council, which is just a kind of self appointed board." Evidently, he said these guys are kind of a mess. Their website's out of date. He actually tried to join, as did I. You can't get anybody to answer. You have to email to join for one. Their website's still out of date. They don't list their board members. But he said, "My wife works in commercial real estate." We have contacts at Kite Property. Give me your name. And he is he actually came by my house the following day. So he had a better idea. I actually walked him around the property, showed him what was up. He said, Hey, I've already sent uh already made contact with Kite. I'm gonna make I'm gonna help you get this fixed. So yet again, a private citizen. So it's a good thing I went to that meeting, although I wanted to mow everybody down basically that I talked to. As I went out, this guy stepped up, you know, not even in my neighborhood. But heard heard my concerns, gets it, and is stepping up to help. Hopefully, put the final piece in this puzzle. People talking solves a lot of problems. Yep, just, and just having a dialogue and figuring it out. My my first time getting active in a neighborhood like that, or you know, in the any kind of community gathering, you know, somebody that's uh, supporting the neighborhood. And you mentioned you know, start your own group. He said there's actually another group who, where Ruth has said that they don't, she doesn't want any development. This other group actually supports development. You know, has a has a real eye for the future. So you know. Be, you know, be, be aware. Don't get too lax. You know, you live in somewhere. It could be great for five years. And then, of course, you get a bad neighbor that comes in. And if you, you know, listen, 
You, Ruth, you need to have those contacts. Ruth said it was good enough in 1974. And that's exactly what she said. When we talked about the, the cleaning up the tree line, she said, well, I know an elderly lady. And she said, and I'm calling her elderly. And I thought, who, how long ago was this? She said, if she ever heard a chainsaw back there, she'd get a shotgun out. And I looked at her and I thought, Ruth, that lady don't, doesn't live there anymore. We do. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's time to move on. Speaking of development, as, as Jeremiah alluded to, there's now two, we have two housing developments in various stages of construction or planning potentially around Henry County or around Newcastle. So a recent request before the Henry County planning commission, uh, would be to take a 20 acre Henry township property. And it is, it's basically the last little plot of undeveloped land between the, uh, the beautiful new prison slash corrections facility, uh, and state road three. And there has been a all summer long. We've had a, a, what is it? A 10 inch sewer main, an eight inch sewer main has been put in, mm-hmm. uh, extending to that part of the community. And there's already city water up there. So a developer is saying, Hey, we're going to buy this ground and we're going to actually build a potentially up to a hundred, 110 houses. Yeah, instead of 110 units total, they were going to have some single fam- family units and they were going to be some duplexes as well. So, which we've talked about this for probably five years on this show that we really haven't had the building permits and the investment of actually creating a new tax base or growing a tax base. We've seen home values go up significantly, but we haven't seen mass investment in, in true, just true home construction until now. Uh, and I think this is, this is a great sign for the community, Rex. Well, yeah, it's, it's tremendous. And that's, you know, great we've got the infrastructure already out there it's going to be able to be used um tomorrow we're going on a little field trip to uh brookville and i believe shelbyville um we're going to see a cobblestone hotel and then we're also going to see a program uh, in shelbyville where they're doing infill like some places where they've had uh demos and things like that and so there's a lot of interesting things we're looking at to you know to hopefully get more housing and more good housing i mean we've got housing but it's just not very good some of it yeah i mean it we are a community that that 120 years ago looked very different than it does now and there's a there's a housing stock and an inventory that's been around for that long and some of it's been updated and some of it looks some of it looks like it's right off hgtv and some Mm -hmm. of it looks like it was it's 1947 i was at a workshop two weeks ago where they talked about a community that went in and basically looked at a block and the block was, you know, like a block of some of our houses. Most of them or a lot of them needed to be just taken down and they would take them down and then make the lots bigger and have like four houses there. And it really seemed like that would be a pretty, pretty cool thing to do. So, I mean, I know something I've seen in Indianapolis, literally running around is it's kind of cool to go in these older neighborhoods, but there are like in a block that might have 30 or 40 houses. There's like four or five grand spanking new houses that they put in place where either somebody had a double size lot and they sold it off or it probably happened was is a house got demoed and then they built a new house. And, um, 
sometimes I mean sometimes it's law because they don't try to make them fit into the neighborhood. If people get I mean, people can think of it. if you go to Fountain Square, there's a bunch of normal houses in Fountain Square, and then there's like some ultra modern house that looks like they <laughs> looks like they tack welded a bunch of storage containers. Something together. that's straight out of Nashville, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. There, and, there actually is a storage container house. Yeah, was, at Seventeenth and College. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like so, but. But it is, it's like, it's cool to see that though, because it is investment in a community and it's a house that's like, it's different. But if you want to live in that neighborhood, but you don't want to have a hundred year old house, then here's your house. They built you a house for you. So we haven't, we haven't grown the population, right? In 30 years, the same 50,000 people, people die, people move away, people come in, but we've had a stable population base. Right. I don't know exactly what the impact is of where houses are built. It seems to me that um, if all of a sudden we put a lot of new, and I'm I'm for putting new houses out in these other places, but if we do, and it's just all the people from Newcastle moving out and leaving these houses to, you know, to, to deteriorate, uh, that can cause us problems too. So there has to be planning involved. There's going to be, I think, there's going to be a study done of buildings in the uptown area of like second and third floor built of of buildings that already have something in the first floor where uh, they'll look at that for some market rate housing. So. Yep. Well, hopefully what it'll do is you, you know, if you build 110 new houses <laughs> that, that allows you to bring in a hundred to 200 to 250 new residents. Right. And those folks are maybe working. So they have an income tax that's, mm. that's paying into a County tax that you're, you know, the, how those values, those properties are paying property tax, which you're paying for services. And it starts to relieve some of the strain on on the city as you're trying to as you're trying to deliver the services you're supposed to be providing. And we've got the um, I want to say make my move program where somebody uh, yep. can get a bonus to come here. Yep. So if we've got a nice house for them to move into, that kind of doubles it up for them. Some co working space. Our our office suite mate here, Brian Nichols. <clears throat> you guys hear him here maybe once a month now. Uh, he, he's the poster child for it. He brought his, uh, his tech job from Philadelphia during COVID and said, I, I no longer want to do this. And he and his wife are starting a family here in Newcastle, bought, bought one of our older homes that's, uh, that's been, been updated and modified and live, uh, live in the downtown area. Like I say, I you know, work all over the state and I was, uh, actually talking to a local Tipton, uh, utility guy. And he mentioned that they're actually looking at adding, um, a new neighborhood, I think, with almost 400, 400 units. And if you've ever been through Tipton, it is it is a very small town. But I think Newcastle's in a similar position where, you know, 15 years ago, nobody would have thought that that was truly commutable. But more and more jobs, like, you know, I drive all over India, and you see, I see a lot of office buildings with for lease signs because a lot of these people have, have are now working from home full time. And now somewhere that's 30 to 40 minutes like Newcastle and Tipton, I think it's going to push the, you know, commutable line farther out because it's, you're, you're only, you know, for those people that want to go into the city and do stuff, you're only doing it on the weekends. You're not making that, you know, daily or near daily commute like Zach does, you know, the other, dire- you know, going that direction. So I think it's a good time to and, make that move. And when, when you're making that commute, to Indianapolis five days a week, it's different than if you can get away with doing that commute mm-hmm. three days a week. So as yep. employers have started to go to a hybrid model and people are more comfortable working from home and you've got broadband, we've got Metronet, we've got we've got Comcast Xfinity here, and people can have virtual meetings and it's it's just as just as good as being at the office, it opens that up. Now right here, 
I'd like to interject the idea that we need a crane operator. <laughs> but also, I, I, I've is been, there a bonus? Is the city offering a bonus to a well, crane operator? That's you know what, uh, NDOT, I believe. But the um, the other thing I've I've always I've brought this up several times, and I'd just like to say if there's any developer out there that wants a nice section of land to develop, there's a really nice section of city-owned property over by Wilbur Wright School. It's got a trail and a park and uh, close to the hospital and everything. And uh, I've, I'd sure like to see somebody come in there and potentially want to build some houses there. So it is interesting. If I, had, if I was a betting man and somebody had given me a casino and a, a stack of chips and I, they said, hey, are, are developments going to happen on the north side or the south side of town? I would have said south side. I would have said we're growing towards I-70. That's where homes are going to be built. That's where investment's going to be. And that's not been the case. It's been Everything has been north of State Road 38. I, I think the separation of industry and housing, I think, is appealing. Continues. Yeah. yeah, I think it's appealing. And honestly, you know, it's probably better to leave the footprint for the industry just to get closer to the interstate. Because a lot of that's, you know, material shipping in or out. And then if, you know, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like trying to drive from the north side of Indy to the south side of Indy. What's the what's the worst commute from the north side of Newcastle to the south side of Newcastle? Did you see the gridlock now that we now that Rex has gotten rid of stoplights in the city that we had on last, last well, week at Indiana? Thanks for putting that all on me. Zach and I suffered. <laughs> yeah, Zach and I suffered today through these zero cars at the stop sign in Indiana. I I, we really didn't think we were going to have to make it. I thought we were going to have to cancel the show. <laughs> yeah, I always remember back when, when I got married to, to Bonnie 27 years ago, God bless her, um, that she lived in Castleton. And I was over there one time, and she said, could you run to the grocery store and get so I did. It took me like almost 25 minutes before I was, you know, to get there and back. And then she moves over here, and she was all worried about coming here and thinking, you know, this is going to be too slow. I don't, I won't like this. And she got over about three weeks after she'd been here. She said, I would not move from here <laughs> because she could get the grocery store in about five minutes. She could get anywhere she wanted to go he, in no time. Here's the problem, though. Is that you can? It still takes you that twenty twenty five minutes to go to the grocery store because you've gotten four or five conversations in the grocery well, store with yeah. people you know. It's still not a quick a, a quick surgical strike. Any place I go, I get in conversations. <laughs> I I love to talk to people. It's just a lot nicer than sitting at a red light in traffic. Yeah, maybe I should read a poem. Let's do it. You know, I do want to say while I'm getting to the point of where this poem is that you can order this book because I should be a good entrepreneur and mention that you can order this book uh, on Amazon and you could call me and I'd probably just bring you one. But anyway. Well, now listen, you've heard that we have listeners all over this country. So let's make make sure that people know that that only extends to zip codes that start with 4-7. Well, if they wanted one, I've got a PayPal link too. They could send me their address with PayPal. And, and we could drop it in the mail. Yeah, so... Anyway, I'll, I'll Jared try to could get walk you to the mail to a post office right there from his house. I got a nice wooded path. Now, this is one. It's a short one I wrote, basically thinking about my grandkids and my family that's still uh, around. Uh, keep your hand on them. Take them to the finish line. Bring them all the way home. This precious family of mine. Watch over each of them. Be the protector that I would be. Guide them through this life, so one day your face they may, might see. So. Very nice. And I've got a random. It's like devotionals with Rex. Well, that's what you know. A person could take this and they could read through it straight through, 
or they could just open it up one day and read a couple and put it down and read some more some other time. That's why the uh, this is kind of like my diary in some ways. That's why it says uh, poems, thoughts, and prayers. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're all in there. Like now, um, now, there's there's two different directions you go. What well, three different directions you go with a book? It could be the sit down reading book, it could be the coffee table book, or it could be the bathroom book. Where where are you picturing that this book is going to be kept in somebody's home? Once they pay their $20. <laughs> you know, I told somebody, I was talking to uh, some people in my church. And I said, well, you know, some of these are probably pretty good and some of them might not be so good. And I said, you know, maybe I'll just treat this like you do your Bible. Just go in here and the ones you don't like, just tear the pages out. <laughs> I mean, that, that happens get, a lot. Nowadays. Get your own edited version. Uh, I had a, a, a person the other day, and it was just—it was the craziest thing. They, they, they said, "I love that book. I love that book." And, and I said, "Yeah." And they, and they said, "Yeah." My favorite poem was the one about your hair. And this is it. This was their favorite poem. In the winter, the trees are bare. They have no leaves. My head is bare. It has no hair. I mean, but that, they, they seem to think that was great. <laughs> All they needed. I'm getting there, Rex. I feel the pain. We've we've gone through all the seasons with Dakota's hair just in the, just since this show started long. in 2017. I think you're looking good, man. Now I cut it myself because I don't have much left. So we have we've been asking people, and it, you were you were down in the Florida sunshine, so we didn't get a chance to ask and break the news. Do you intend to run for some sort of a city office and reelection? You've been you've served eight years now on the city council, or twelve. Uh, this yeah, tw- eleven. It'll be twelve you're if I can make it through this next term alive okay all right there's a qualifier there but it say assuming that you you uh you succeed in that you signing up for another four years yeah i'm i'll run again i really enjoy uh working with people my my favorite thing is when i get to see something completed or i get to help somebody now i'm not not you know putting you down okay but my neighbor had a problem with water when they did the street they they did something wrong and so it made water stand in his yard and on the street he called me said would you come over here and look at this i walked over i said what's wrong he said well look at it i said that water he said and i was messing with him he said yeah and i said okay so i called dave barker and dave came out the next day and looked at it and two days later it was fixed so maybe you just didn't call the right council person. I've talked to. I, I, that's right. I'll call you tomorrow. We can come on out. I've, I've <laughs> talked to uh, Dave Barker. Who's been out? I'll ask Dave. Uh, no, I will call Dave yeah. tomorrow and at least ask him about it. <laughs> that's what they want. It's just but, once a week. But somebody else calls. Jeremiah's but, been on this but podcast. But that's what I like. Again. I like to to be able. You know, you can't always help everybody. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But I I enjoy it when I can help somebody a little bit. Now, now, if you do Jeremiah's stop by, not your problem. He's not even in city. Limits. Yeah, you're not in city limits. Why do I? Because you, you people keep mailing me a bill every month, expecting it gets paid, so I have to write that check. It's a, it's taxation without representation. Down he here. almost sucked me in, Dakota. He almost got me sucked into that. If you do come out, make sure you see my brand new mailbox the county put up for me. It's beautiful. Did they knock your other mailbox down? When they paved my road, they destroyed my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> one step forward, one step back. That's the that's the way it worked. Oh, I suppose they'll probably have to tear the road up to fix the sewer problem next. All right. I we we got that big announcement out of the way. There was something else planned for the show, but I think we're gonna hold it because Dakota's, Dakota's got a big plan. 
He's he's made an adjustment. Making plans on the fly. Now, here, if you so. if you do make this big plan, I need a firm commitment that you're going to try to be here for the show that you're going to book. I was here for the show I booked with Rex. That's next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. you know, I just want to say how much when I saw Dakota, you know, he wanted me to come on the show and I couldn't come the one day. And I'm thinking, oh, darn, because I really was looking forward to coming on here because you guys only have me on here about once every four years. I guess I'm not very interesting, but I could talk to you in an hour about kids and wrestling. But but uh, anyway, I I look at it as an honor to be on here with you guys. And, of course, I like all of you and I'm, everything. I'm you shocked and amazed. Next week, Rex? <laughs> I'll can. come back anytime you want. <laughs> he can't. There's my a wife's birthday, birthday celebration. You have to uh, bring her too. Hey, honey, here's the thing we're going to do for your birthday. We're going to have on a podcast. <laughs> you know, we performed a wedding in here once. Wow. There you go. Jer- Jared Bertram got married right here live on the studio during oh, COVID. That is so cool. And actually, that anniversary is coming up. That's true. I am. I'm their spiritual advisor. I don't know how that helps, but I, I, I was there. I was the officiant. So maybe Ash and I could do our anniversary dinner here and just have the camera rolling and it'll just be live feed of us eating and talking quietly. You can get, we'll get Jeremiah could serve us food. Maybe uh, we'll go to Primo or, or across the way to Kai's creations. You pick, we we'll bring something local in. Uh, it could be grilled. You pick, you pick what it I is will, and I will, uh, I will serve the meal. I'll bring you my finest little Caesars. I, you'll have to be, you'll have to be mic'd up for it though. Well, and we'll have to hide the pizza from Owen. If Owen hears about little Caesar, I'll provide a book know. free of charge for you to give to her for the anniversary present. Beautiful. Autographed and everything. Hey, I do need to say that on this book, the book cost me $10. And $5 goes to the Bonnie Peck and Paul Scholarship, which goes to Newcastle Girls. And the other five is going to be split between Christian Love Help Center, God's Grain Bin, and the Guest House. So, All right. So I don't this make is- anything. I've actually lost money on the book because every once in a while I see somebody – they act like they don't have money, and I said, "If you want one, here it is." You know, so. Well, and I was actually curious. So, is that you said with Amazon? Is, is that a self-publishing option? That yes, Amazon I, does now. I did Amazon self-publishing. That's uh, a that's a. You know, I can't imagine what anybody did ten years ago yeah. on Mark, trying to get something like that in print and able to actually you know distribute. Yeah, I don't know if it, it would have worked, but Mark yeah. Herb Kurzman. I don't know if you know Mark, but oh, absolutely, yeah. he's written that's books and things. We've thought about, and he kind of gave me. I called him. He gave me some insight on Amazon and everything. And, I really appreciated that on his part. For as much crap as Amazon gets from a lot of people, they have created an entire niche of this show where we've been able to have develop an author series where Daryl Radford's been a part of it. Brittany, uh, Brittany Dickens been here, and I know she's got another book. Yeah, out, so we'll does. have to have her come through again. And Rex, with your book, it's been uh, it's been our honor to have you be a part of it. Well, I uh, really appreciate getting to come on. Is there anything else you want to promote? This is your. This is the. We're transitioning into final thoughts. So if there's giving you upcoming book signings, any any book oh, signings, well, any you can, any you wrestling matches also, we need to pay attention to. You could actually also buy this book. There are copies at the chamber office at Primo and at Stacks. I'm going to um, next week, I believe on Friday. He's going to be on another podcast. I can just tell. Yeah, a real podcast. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, is there another podcast? I think was, I heard it was the Brian Nichols show. He's in an appearance. Uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And you get some Brian Nichols sales pitches, man. That guy is a sales. Rose City Games next Wednesday, the 14th. Hey, I'm going to be at Rose City Games uh, starting about 5 o'clock. And I'll have books there to sign. Now, are they going to get you to play any board games? Um. I would play a board game, but I probably am so old. I don't know the ones they play because I like Risk. Oh, yeah. And I like a game called Acquire and another game called Rail Baron. 
they have quite the game line. Yeah, right I know they there. do. I think you know. I think I actually talked to Travis once, and they may have had rail baron. There you go. If they had it, they better protect it because it's pretty expensive. You have to organize a night, and and we'll we'll come down and play so, with you. Yeah. So for all for all the local people, that's on the south side of beautiful downtown Newcastle, right next to the Castle Theater, which is cool to go check out. They are fixing the marquee at the castle. They're replacing neon, and it's looking pretty good. And it's looking honestly better than it's looked my entire lifetime is like, there a is there a big announcement for what that facility is going to be or it's just everybody gets to watch the transition happen i've heard of, i've out. heard what it's going to be i haven't heard of an official announcement all i know is danny told me that he would put my name up on the marquee when i ran for council Ooh, i don't know if it'll happen well, we've he, had an announcement today. He has told me things before. Oh, that how how fun would that be if they turned that marquee into kind of like what the uh, One America folks downtown? We just put like goofy stuff. Just, just, just poems by just, Rex. Just you, free use. Just whatever they want to put up there for the day, they just put it up there. It'd be fun. And now we will remind folks that you are. So we talked at the very top of the show. John Phillips is running in a district. You mm-hmm. are elected as an at-large council person. Exactly. So you represent the entire city of Newcastle, and there are multiple people on the ballot at the same time for your race. Yes, you'll vote for two people. In the primary, you'll have, we don't know how many, but you, you know, you'll have so many Democrats. You'll vote for two Democrats or two Republicans, and then in the fall, you vote for two people. You get two. Um, I think I do need to clarify, because the first time I ever ran, I was still teaching, and I remember they put an article in the Courier that I was going to run, and this student comes back to my desk and I'm sitting there and he said, uh, Mr. Peckinpah. I said, yeah. And he said, I, uh, I hear you're running for office. And I said, mm, yeah. And he said, city council at large. And I said, yeah, city council at large. And I swear he was so sincere. He said, well, how big do you have to be to run for that? <laughs> and he, like I say, he was sincere. I didn't want to kind of just be a downer. And I said, Oh, really big. Really big. <laughs> that's some like that's some like toddler honesty. Like, yeah. but you were a high school teacher, so yeah. I think that Mr. Phillips is running in district in Ward Two. Ward Two. Yes, they're not districts. Yeah, they are two. wards. Ward this, wards. The city. The city talk. We have to. Yeah. We have to speak we your language. We just voted the other night to reinstitute our wards as they were previously. No changes. No changes. Actually, the uh, populations in those wards are better now uh, in terms of the distribution you have to have than they were when it was done four years ago so there we go yeah once all this north side development happens it's gonna it's gonna shift things around you might have to add an extra ward well it depends on where you're you're, you gotta get some north side development inside the city to get is the stuff that's uh around the uh, the ymca area is that outside city no that's here yeah that's that's inside yeah that you you may we may have to you gotta just start annexing stuff in well, annexation big, don't talk big old, about that. Big old, well, now what's the problem with that? Tell me, tell me why the why, what's the what's the hesitancy? Number one, you invariably, I think, when you annex, you have to you have people, to provide services. Well, yeah, but you you got to get the people on board because all of a sudden you annex someplace and one person or two or three. Now they, they can't have chickens anymore. They then they file a lawsuit and they, you know, it's harder it's harder to annex than it was say. 15 or 20 years. I knew that that was an issue when like with Jeremiah sewer issues was like the city kind of came in and was really helping the County out with the things they did there. Cause it's not in the city limits, but like I knew at the time the mayor was very insisting. He's like, we are not going to annex this neighborhood. Like he was, he was like, before anybody asks, we are not 
annexing this neighborhood. Well, you've got to increase your police presence. You've got to have um, there are certain rules on sidewalks and different things. You'll you'll have to provide a lot more that we really maybe don't have the money for. Right, and that's that's where that conversation is. Is okay. Well, if you're building new new facilities, new houses are going in in an area that you could maybe contiguously draw in. Would that make sense to to pick that up, and then everything that's built in there has to conform to your to your city city setup? Well, yeah, and you know, most people, uh, of course, here your city taxes are more than your county taxes, so most of your people don't want to pay a higher tax rate. If I if I look at the houses on the other side of Main Street that I can see from my front door, their their tax rates are double what mine are. You would be amazed though at if you went down and you looked at those houses over there on that other side of the street. There are a couple of places, and I can't cite the addresses, where here's Newcastle, then there's this cut out of this house. It comes back here. Here's Newcastle. Yep. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, kind of. Well, they're back in the day, I'm sure there were some heirs that just didn't want somebody to live in their town. Well, and it may have been it may have been when they were annexing that area, there was somebody that was going to give them a hard time. They said, we'll just, we'll just skip right over you. Yeah. Not a problem. All right, so Jared Bertram, you are a veteran of this show. You know how it goes. Is there anything you need to tell us as we're going away in final thoughts? Uh, just uh, I, I did enjoy the uh, walkabout episode. I thought that was good, especially the the interview with the the other Bertram boys. <clears throat> they tried to hide though. It, it was shocking thought, that Jackson. Yeah, being who thought though. my kids tried to hide? Yeah, for real. Who? Yeah, who'd have thought Jackson would have been hiding? Although you know he likes to hide when we're trying to find him for dinner or something, but. Uh, no, just basically a kind of follow up, like what I said before, just be, you know, and you know, people in Newcastle are lucky. You can actually run into Rex. You're going to run into Rex at some point if you're running around town and you can actually get to know your local representation. And, you know, I was, I was lax in learning about mine. I've gone through a couple of elections, not paid attention. And then when I needed help, I find out that the, the people that are running my area don't, you know, the the info I was getting from about everybody was that they just don't really care. Once they get elected, they disappear and then they come back out for the next election. And that was fine until I needed help. You know, and thankfully I've got good neighbors and good businesses around me, which who would have thought, you know, I would actually get support from everywhere I've gotten support from, but it sure would be nice to have some support from uh people that are supposed to be supporting me. So, you know, be just be aware, be involved. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It took me going to one meeting and I've made, you know, multiple contacts from that. So be glad that you're in a community where you can easily get to know somebody that's actually representing you in your area and just be involved. Wonderful advice. D squared. You got anything for us? I just wanted to thank the patrons again for sticking around with us. We did add one patron. Thanks to our, uh, you know, thanks to our promotion and appreciate that. Um, appreciate everyone sticking with us. I know it's been a tough year and especially the holiday season, things get a little iffy. Um, one thing that I thought was cool on Spotify, the Spotify rap for creators that we didn't get to mention during our Patreon episode is we were the number one podcast for eight people, which is like, seemed weird to me. I'm like, I know it's just, it's like, oh, it's less than 10, but it's like there were eight people that out of every single podcast every, in the world. Every episode Joe Rogan has and Dinner with Racers has and Marshall we, Pruitt has yeah. or Joey Molinero has. We were this show. number one. I would like to see who these people are. <laughs> I mean, and they were going like, to send them away for examination. I, I think Mom, that there were, <laughs> I think that there were what, 62, 
six, 52 or 62 that we were in their top 10. So, I mean, that's amazing. Pretty, cool. pretty, pretty neat. Absolutely amazing. I will say that I have, I have used my, my swimming pool for economic development in this community since I bought my house in 2013. And I've, I've never had my hand out before, but I have an invoice that I want to submit. And I don't know, I don't know if I can send it to the development corporation or to the county commissioners, or maybe the city wants to pay for it. But I've, I've, I've used my pool to entertain out of town folks and we've grown the community. We've documented it on this show. Uh, and I, I have, I have this winter absorbed a significant financial expense, Dakota, of, of pool ownership. My swimming pool cover, it has gone threadbare. It's no more. It, is, it, is, uh, it has had one too many Labrador paws go through it. Uh, we nearly, I think we nearly had a Nash drowning, uh, but it looks, it looks like he got out okay. I was going to ask, was this a single event that finally finished it? Or have you just looked at overall condition? You're like, it's got to go. Uh, we got a, there's a, there's a one square foot hole that has been punched. Uh, so we looked at some pricing last, last winter. Cause I thought it was probably time. And I said, no, after when the quotes came back, I said, nah, we're going to wait a little longer. So we, we, we wrote the check today. Do you, do you care to guess how much it costs to buy a swimming pool cover Rex? Well, was this one of the ones that roll out electrically is, over the pool, this or is, just just this a is cover? an old school anchored pool? Cover. I'm saying four thousand dollars. Well, that would be a hell of a number. I think I think I've shared it with everybody else. I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw the it. first the first number that I that I was quoted was about twenty six hundred dollars for oh, a okay. custom pool cover. Oh, that's not my money. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. I, I got desperate again, and I called around, and I think we got we're getting one made and delivered for about twenty one hundred dollars. But I know, I I know that the city does this sidewalk program thing where they'll give you five hundred bucks. So I don't know if maybe we can put a hand out and say, hey, you know, we we've proven that this show this uh, this 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 pool has shown economic generation. That would be an interesting thing to bring up at a city council meeting. Hey. Let's do a, a pool cover. Uh, a pool, uh, you know, pool it, cover fund. And it's a once, community investment. Once, once again, Rex, may I remind you? He doesn't you, live here. It's yes. It would need to be brought up at a county council. But meeting. now, do you have a fence around your pool? I do. Okay, because we just passed, uh, we just changed your ordinance to uh, allow for no fence if you have a electronic pool cover. Yeah, those are the those. There's another zero in that number. Yeah, but those are big ones. Maybe I, I'd imagine there's there might be. Yeah, I like to see what one of those costs. That sounds. They were just. I'd never Pretty even heard cool. of those. I, I had either. I was sitting at the meeting and they're discussing. It's like there's like a like a roll off tonneau cover basically that's walkable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was, I was gonna say you get big money when you go walkable. Well, that, that has go to, it has to be walkable because the idea is you don't need the fence because if you close your pool cover, somebody can't fall yeah. in the pool. Well, you could have a soft one where you can fall down and it's like a water bed, but then there are some yeah, yeah where you can just you could go out and bounce a basketball, and that's wild. Jeremy, you don't want to pop for the basketball court pool cover? Just go big. You know, if it was a, if we're getting if we're getting county money in if, this thing. If I had a blank sheet of paper to design, first of all, I don't think I would put a pool in again. Okay, I bought a house of the pool. I didn't go seek out a house of the pool. But if I had a blank sheet of paper and I could design it differently, I would have a pool that was rectangular like a basketball goal, and not have the you know the old stairway off to the side that's a nightmare, and not have not have it three feet away from the house. There would be some di- design differences, uh, but we are where we are now. 
I'll run that by council. I'll get back to you yeah, someday. Let me, let me know. Let, you know. I mean, if we're if we're talking about <laughs> someday, my, huh? my my force I'll, uh, ranking, the, I'll go over to Nora and talk to Lake Ruth over yeah, there. Right. We'll see what she all thinks. Now, I, listen, I you know, freshwater, getting rid of that freshwater when it's not so fresh anymore. Those are like the top two priorities. And then somewhere down three or four, if we can find the leftover money to to you know to cover my pool cover, that'd be great. But otherwise, we'll suck it up and pay for it. I suppose. <laughs> uh, Real quick as we're wrapping up here, uh, got a special shirt on today. Uh, Devin Guffey, who was a, sh- a guest on this show uh, in the summer, he had a, a significant automobile accident. I think it spent, uh, he'd been in the hospital since October, uh, multiple surgeries. He came back home to Newcastle this week. Uh, so, Devin, friend of the show, we're thinking about you. We're glad you're back home. And when you're, uh, when you're fully ready to do it, we'll have you back on the show. We're going we're gonna to celebrate some stuff. So, uh, thinking about you wearing the shirt. I know I've seen a lot of Facebook posts and people that have, uh, have gotten them, uh, excited that he's uh, on his way to a full recovery. Uh, with that, we will see you guys back here next week. Not with Rex Peck and Paul, cause he's here today. I don't know what we're doing on the 15th, but, uh, it'll be great. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you then.